I'm going to share just a couple of uh, photos from uh, the first day we were in Israel and just a couple of those and just share a couple of things that were interesting to me as we head to uh, the, the message this morning. You can be turning in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. Last week we talked about Hezekiah and we were in 2 Kings 18. This, this week we're backing up a whole book uh, to 1 Kings and going to the same chapter and we're looking at Elijah on Mount Carmel. Um, we went to Caesarea Philippi the first day that we were there and um, I we got to sit in this Roman amphitheater and we had uh, devotions and some other things there and um, this this is uh, this seats 2,000 people um, and there's been some reconstruction done on it but not significantly you can see the the front part of it um, where the stage and the changing rooms and all of that that's been pretty much demolished but um, the back part there um, where the actual stadium is is all all there and every Roman town if you were a Roman town of any importance I, I didn't know this before but you were supposed to have an amphitheater that sat 10% of your population and so this this amphitheater would have sat for a, a town of 20,000 people um, back back in that day and then one of the next the next picture um, the other really interesting thing we saw that day um, that didn't really relate to any scripture in particular but um, in they they had what they called the hippodrome um, which was a Roman sports arena and they would have their chariot races out there around this and so back in the back it's hard to see but those are all stone benches um, all the way up there so there was seating there for a lot of people and then uh, the next screen shows you kind of an architect or a, a painter's uh, sketch of this. And uh, down in the middle um, is where the, the seating would have been for the um, emperor and other people, if, dignitaries that would come. And um, then all the seating on the side there, but quite, quite an impressive facility. And then the next thing we did is we went to the Jezreel Valley, and that's where we're going to get to in our text this morning, uh, where a lot of scripture happens um, is in that Jezreel Valley. And uh, you can look down, we're at the top of Mount Carmel there, and this is a photo looking down at the Jezreel Valley. And it is um, known by several different names, but Jezreel Valley um, is called that because the city of Jezreel is one of the important cities in that valley. And um, if you go to Revelation, it's the Valley of Armageddon. This is where the, the final battle of the world will happen there uh, on this valley. And this valley, when we think of that, we, the Battle of Armageddon, we think this huge, massive place. This valley is only 24 miles long, east to west, and five miles wide. You can see there, just five miles wide, um, north to south. Um, so really, you know, in terms, of, in terms of Israel, it's huge, because Israel is just a very small nation. This is called the Great Plain of Israel. <laughs> but in the United States, this is just a trip to Watford City. You know? <laughs> so um, it doesn't mean uh, a whole lot to us, but it's pretty incredible um, there. This is the 
um, it's a very fertile valley and um, it's full of underground springs. Uh, and then together with that and the, the climate that they have in Israel, they produce three different crops on this. We produce one crop a year on our land. They produce three on this. And they give it about three weeks break between each crop. And then they replant it and go again. And it's that fertile that it can handle that. And there's enough underground springs to, to keep things um, growing there. And so um, this is where a great deal of the food for the Middle East is grown. Right here in this Jezreel Valley, you just think about 24 miles by 5 miles wide, producing a great deal of the food for the whole Middle East. Um, and most of that is done um, by kibbutzes, um, which is just... Um, community farms. It'd be like the Hutterite colonies um, where they uh, here they take care of all the crops and the children um, by community. <laughs> and so they kind of share all that responsibility. Um, which would be nice as a parent because you could always blame someone else if your children didn't turn out. Um, <laughs> um, today, Jezreel Valley um, is still very uh, green, it's very fertile, it's covered with fields of wheat and cotton and sunflowers and corn and has lots of grazing tracks for uh, sheep and cattle. And this is also the place where a lot of the battles in the Bible were fought. You go to Judges, Judges 4 through um, chapter 8, um, those, a lot of the um, judges that came in um, that fought battles, they were fought right here in this this battle, or in this valley. Um, this is where Jezebel killed Naboth. Remember, Naboth had a vineyard, and Ahab was jealous of it. He wanted it, and he was pouting one day. And so Jezebel, Ahab's wife, said, I'll get that for you. And she went out and killed Naboth and stole his vineyard um, from him and gave it to, to Ahab, um, the king. Um, this is also where um, Gideon... Uh, chose his men to fight the, the Midianites. And he started with this huge number and God whittled that down and then they whittled it down um, at the Jordan River. And it was right in this valley uh, where that spring of um, uh, Herod was that, that Gideon did that. Um, this is where the Crusaders fought uh, some of their battles. And in 1948, the battle that led to the state of Israel was fought right in this valley. Um, between the Arabs and the Israelis. Um, and then again, this is where the world history culminates in the Battle of Armageddon. So, that valley is also a major transportation way because there's, there are mountain ranges and all kinds of different things and difficult places to get through. So this valley is also the major source of transportation to go from the Mediterranean Sea down south or up north and all of that. You go through that valley and then you get over where you can um, get to the Jordan River and uh, travel by way of the Jordan River or, or that kind of stuff. But anyway, it, it provided the way down to Egypt and over to Mesopotamia. Um, and in our site today, Mount Carmel is, is composed of... The other picture was looking down from uh, Mount Carmel. This one is down in the valley looking up at Mark, Mount Carmel. And it, that, that whole mountain is composed of limestone and um, flint. And it had a lot of... If you got closer to it, it had all kinds of caves in it. 
And so this is where they believe the grotto or the cave of, of Elijah was. They believe that um, the, the, the prophet school that Elijah started was in a big cave uh, in this, in this um, on Mount Carmel. And um, so anyway, that's, that's the, the text um, or the picture for the text uh, that we have today. 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah shows up for the very first time. You, you already have the background. King Ahab is wicked. Jezebel, his wife, is even more wicked. And he is the king of God's people, Israel. Elijah shows up as the prophet of God. He comes from nowhere. Um, but his name means, my God is Yahweh. Even by his name, he knows who he belongs to and who he is and who he's going to stand for. And the scripture really doesn't tell us much about him. He is a Tishbite from Tishbe, uh, which is from Upper Galilee. And that was in a very dry, um, it's a very unproductive land in Israel. Stony, mountain, uh, just kind of a hard, it would be a hard place to live and make a living there. And, and so that's where he came from, a mountainous region. And there just wouldn't have been many comforts in life where Elijah came. And so he shows up and he comes down to Ahab. And Ahab had all these prophets of Baal. And Jezebel had her prophets of Asherah, which was the wife of Baal. And so together with all of them, they were living down here in this valley of comfort and all of that and provision and all of that. And so Elijah shows up from this 